That's uh, nice, eh? This is a failure. What is? Of an intro song selection. No way. Uh, where's the game show buzzer sound? <laughs> Want me a Mongolian throat thing? Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Afraid not, bro. Let me pump up the jams a little bit here. Oh, well, howdy there, partners. It's time to go milk a steer. <laughs> Ejaculate. Uh, that's where I was going. Get it? Uh, so I got really freaked out today. Okay, I, I'm really freaked out right now that you're continuing with this music. Uh, yeah, this is it, man. It's Technomax, bruh. Yeah, not good. Bruh. Yeah, no, it's... Are you ready? So what what button do hey, I have to press? Hey, what hey, slider do hey, I slide to make that hey, stop? Hey. What's this, what's this song called? What's this song called? Uh, it's called Country it, Boy. Is there an O in it? <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> Country Boy. You thought I was going the other way. Um... I heard on the Joe Rogan podcast that there's this technology that uh, can turn milk into cheese. Once you have 40 minutes of yourself speaking consecutively, this technology can take that oh, yep. and like make you say anything. Yeah, I'll, And I'm like, oh shit. You can already do that with me in real life. It's called money. <laughs> Internet, you know how to get a hold of us, don't you, bruh? Hey, Bill. Chris D'Elia says, this music? Yeah. Dude, change it. <laughs> change it. That's yeah. pretty much, we should just, as we slide into the, the home stretch of the Benchcast, just become <laughs> Chris <D'Elia's> podcast <laughs> so you can seamlessly just exit, take the exit off of the Benchcast highway onto the congratulations throughway. Yeah, completely. While you drive through Podcastia. Podcastia. Welcome to, to Podcastia. Podcastia. Hey, speaking of which, uh, there's a super cool podcast uh, coming out. I think maybe if they actually finish it, it's one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I might be voice acting on it. Oh. Yeah, it's actually super cool. It's like a... Uh, um, so the premise is that there's this tape recorder in an alleyway in like Fallout Landish post-apocalyptia. And this is the found stories of people who just find it and record their stories. Hmm. And so people submit their like, you know, short monologue kind of things. And it gets read and shit. So yeah. Is there gonna be that in the background? That sounded like a rabid elephant. Can the elephants get rabies? Totally. Yeah. I, I guess. I don't know. For sure they can. Rabid elephant. Anything can get rabies, right? Uh, typewriter can't. <laughs> That's pretty quick. I'm not going to lie to you. That's pretty fucking quick. <laughs> See, there's, I, I just explained this last night. <laughs> that there's a triangle of comedy. It has to be good, quick, or clever. And you only need two to make a side. Oh, man. So it's got to be quick and clever, and it doesn't have to be good. Still fun. <laughs> that is super funny. When are you going to start doing stand-up? Um, <laughs> probably never. You know what? I need. Okay, here's what I need. Probably never is different from the last time I asked you that question. What did I say? Never. Yeah, something. Now I've added. At least I've softened my stance. Yeah. I need a charismatic person to go tell my jokes, so I don't have to like get off my couch. What I'll, about a hype man? I can be like behind you. You can hype that person. I'll write the jokes, and then they can go do it. And then all I want is just buy me a sandwich every once in a while. 
<laughs> you know, you could you could become Eddie Murphy 2.0 off all my jokes. That's fine. I just just give me a sandwich and make sure I don't have to drive anywhere. Can you imagine if I did and I was wearing like leather suits out in public? Do it. You have you have this print like burn this onto a CD and mail it to yourself, <laughs> and then that way you have this as evidence that I said that's fine. You can go do that. Uh, speaking of burning CDs and mailing them to yourself, no, uh, Eddie Murphy. I also just found out um, that he's CGI. Was, he's not even a real person. I think it was delirious. Anyways, I just I, I read this on Reddit and had to go and investigate it, and right. it is true. And there's this part where, like, you know, he's taking the break between bits, right? And he's like grabbing a drink or something like that. And uh, this chick from way out in the crowd yells like, "I love you, Eddie!" And his brother Charlie Murphy from way back goes, "Shut up, bitch!" <laughs> and you can totally hear it. It's totally. It's on the special. Everybody's laughing. Eddie starts laughing. It's. it's I remember ever. that part. Like I don't remember it clearly, but I that is familiar to me now. You got to look it up. It's it's hilarious. I never heard it was Charlie Murphy though. Yeah, yeah, and it's and now that you know it's there, it's clear as day. <laughs> Shut up, bitch! <laughs> it's the best. Um, all right, so tonight, continuing our 12 days of anecdotal bits of information that we deem to be important at ages that we are. 25. Man. I'm glad I'm not 25 anymore. Man. Oh, see, I waste, I don't, I'm glad I'm not 25 anymore, but I totally wasted 25. I think everybody does, though, except for like the, the hyper-aggressive, like the aggressively successful people. Nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The I, Rock didn't waste his 20s. No, I, I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to work real hard at a grocery store. <laughs> that's, that's probably, of all the paths that lay before me, that's the one. I was like, I'm literally going to spend all my summers running wire. <laughs> yeah, maybe if I try real hard, uh, someone will notice and help me out along the path of life. I'll learn it one day, right? Uh, listen here, son. So, start us off. I always start us off. Put you on his butt. Uh, yeah. Shut well, up, bitch. <laughs> Get up, bitch. Uh, <laughs> what up, Ritz? Uh, tonight's episode, uh, if you didn't hear me telegraph it during the intro... Uh, we decided we would talk a little bit about failure, just as an open con, like an open topic, not about anything in particular. Totes. Um, but I don't know. It's just one of those things that everyone is. Everyone has an example of failure in their life, and everyone's afraid of failure, even though that can take a number of different. Um, it can take a number of different shapes in your life. You know, like the idea of failing, meaning you weren't. Not that you completely failed and didn't accomplish anything. You just didn't accomplish it the way you wanted to or as much. You know, it's a gradient, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the idea of being a failure, you know, where nothing you've done has worked or um, something very large or something very small. Uh, you can put that blanket term failure on top of it. So I don't know, maybe because in typical Benchcast fashion, we're like, yep, that's a good topic. And then we didn't say anything else about it until... 15 minutes into a meandering intro but uh i figured we could like share some stories of times that we maybe i was gonna say fucked up but you know failures aren't always that way you know it's not always that you did something wrong it's just it couldn't be done you know sometimes there's there is no option but to fail and in that failure you gain something so it's like one of those m night Shyamalan movies of life where it's like yeah okay this sucked but uh, i'm gonna use that as a launching point uh, launching pad for the next thing that I do. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, easy, easy peasy. As soon as I uh, I texted you and said, "What are we doing tonight?" You said failure. I was like, boom. Like, it's just one of those like that's a topic that you can pour gravy on top of. Oh man, you like, know what I mean? It's meaty. I'll 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 start us off with a, a tale of woe. Uh, it's recent for me. 
I, I've always been I, like I'm. I'm the dude. If you were like casting, like our group of friends into a movie that followed us, or if we were gonna be like Friends 2.0, um, I'd be the guy that's the the happy-go-lucky dude who's just trying to make everybody laugh all the time, and you know, not trying to make waves or anything like that. Um, and I'm, I'm like that in a lot of my personal relationships. You know, where it's like, um, try to contribute to make things good or better, whatever that means in that regard. And then, I currently and I were talking about this today on a different topic where it's like, it's easier to cut ties than it is to have a confrontation in certain cases. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like if you have, some, like if you and I were to have a blowout fight or something, like one of us would probably have to earn the shit out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would have to be egregious. And if it were too egregious... You would it, it would be almost easier just to and then that's where that's where the book closes on that you know rather than have that big TV Hollywood blowout fight type thing. yeah 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 so like I don't know it's not there's it's not so much an avoidance of confrontation it's just I never feel like confrontation's worth it in the yeah. end so it usually results in me eating it and then there's there was one um, entity I'll say that I had a uh, personal relationship with. And I uh, just felt like I was getting the short end of the stick too many times. So I was talking to you about it. I'm like, fuck, man, I think I'm going to finally say something for myself. And that was big, uh, big in my life because normally I'm just the type of guy to take shit. I'm not doing a woe is me thing, but just giving you like my ammo. what it is. Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. ammo is usually to take that route. And um, so I finally I'm like, fuck, today I'm doing it, man. Today's the day that I'm going to say this. Does this sound unreasonable? Because I don't want to come across as unreasonable if I'm going to have this discussion and I had the discussion and it was super uncomfortable because before it happened I was worrying about should I even bring it up and then I brought it up and then I was like oh god this is happening tomorrow we're having like the talk yeah and then the talk came and it was one of those moments where it's like all right this is what all the whole week of stomach and knots has been building up to the sweaty palms the worry the practicing conversation in your head for the last 96 hours has been all about it's game time the ball's been dropped let's go and I just did a real shit job of it <laughs> you know what I mean I, I I feel like I didn't represent what I wanted to say well enough so and then I ended up I felt myself backtracking not because I felt I was wrong but just because I felt like even though we still had ultimately 45 more minutes of the conversation that happened yeah I had already lost in the first quarter you know, it's basically like if you're you're watching a football game and then it's like 45 to zero and then the team has to go out there for the next three quarters. I was the zero team and it really, really, really sucked, dude. And then it was like then that that whole thing was like going after the conversation ended. It was going over. OK, what could I have done differently? How could I have? Which is a totally regular reaction. Right? Absolutely. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's like even after the smallest little tiff, mm-hmm. you, you go back over it. Everybody does that. Yeah, and it was just, man, it was so, so uncomfortable. And then it's so funny to think, like, because you and I talk about this all the time, that in in life there's very few things that I really, not to give the wrong impression when I say there's not few many things I really care about, but there's not really many things that have a significant gut-wrenching impact on me. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like, yep. I, there's a lot of things that are important to me, but whether it goes one way or the other, it's like, all right, well, let's just roll with it and see how it goes. Um, but it was such a weird physical reaction to things and just 
stressing out like I haven't stressed out about stuff in a real long time. And then after it was over, um, nothing changed, which, I mean, nothing really could change. It was more just kind of a, hey, here's, let's make it clear where I'm at type thing. And, uh, oh, it was awful, man. And then I, after I hung up the phone, I just sat there and it was nah, like almost shameful. You know what I mean? It's like, because then you start thinking about all the little sound bites that you could have said but didn't. Yeah, sure. And then all the things where it's like, it's sort of like the, the support to the point you were making. Like the person I was trying to make a point to um, obviously wasn't impacted or affected by my point and then thought X of me or at least it felt that they thought X of me. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shit, that's because I didn't give it the context. You know, I gave like this point without context that was easy to dismiss without the context, but I didn't do it, you yeah. know, and <clears throat> just sitting there, sitting there for like the, it was like this dump afterwards, like just the emotional dump afterwards of like, man, I fucking blew that dude. And I mean, ultimately five years down the road from now won't matter. Just like, you know, like the things that were super important to you in high school and everything like that. You know, when homework was really important and grades were really important, but now they don't mean dick. Yeah. And it was just, I haven't had a situation like that in my life where in a long time where I had, um, at least from my eyes, failed, you know, because really it didn't change anything. It wasn't a failure. I didn't lose anything um, other than just like a little bit of self-respect for myself. Right. Look at this fucking guy. Talking about failure. Yeah, so it turns out uh, Jeff's still alive. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Everybody remember Jeff, the hot dog boy? <laughs> Hi, Jeff. What's going on? We're how, just long, how long are you going to be here for? 30 seconds. Yeah, figures. We'll That's about a, a all the time you got bump. from me, eh? <laughs> huh? You want to touch me now, motherfucker? Come here. Yeah, That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Plug in a mic. No, it's fine. No, I hear what you're saying. Um, to to flip it around on you, though, um, I'll give you a little brief of a story of my own, I suppose. Um, I hate to go all Jocko Willink on you, right? But yeah. you can just... It, and it's easier for me because I'm removed from that specific situation oh, emotionally, absolutely. right? Oh, absolutely. So it's like... If you're going to start out that story by saying, look, I got a really hard time confronting the things that are bothering me, even if it's like really getting at me, it's hard to do that. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. Like, even if you didn't get the outcome that you were looking for, mm -hmm. part of that outcome was just doing it. Mm -hmm. It was just the metaphorical, you know, stepping on the mat, yeah. so to speak. Right. Yeah. And then that's the that's the thing is to be cognizant of um, cause it, because it's so rare that I do that. And then I, at least I feel that doing the outcome of that, there was no good, there wouldn't have been an outcome either way. It was just the fact that it had, like, the conversation happened. Yeah. It wouldn't have changed things for the better, and it didn't change things for the worse, because it really couldn't have. But, uh, but because I feel that I did such a shit job, I'm hoping that, you know, future me isn't less likely to do that in the future. Like, just to sidestep the whole thing, I hope that, I hope I don't have to do it again, but if I did, I'd hope I'd do a better job of it, you know? It's you definitely will because you're a human being. You're yeah. alive, and there's a whole shit ton of us that are alive too. That's so you're right. definitely gonna have to confront something. Yeah. But it's like anything, right? It's like practice. You get to. My practice came when I was an angry 22 year old, right? <laughs> I used to be the guy who would like lose my fucking mind on the Chinese food place, right? Because you said 30 minutes, and bitch, it's been 31 and a half. Yeah. 
And like, so I got all of that practice in back then, you know, but like, I can think of two things that come to mind and it's like the, maybe the opposite ends of the, uh, uh, the spectrum of failure. <laughs> it's, uh, about actually this past Tuesday, I've been doing jujitsu for a year yeah. for one solid year. Seven weeks after I started, I went to a tournament and not only like lost, but like literally got beat up <laughs> and like, you know, like double leg slammed on my fucking ass, you know, and just like, uh, actually not this morning, but yesterday morning, I watched one of the matches cause my dad taped them all. And I think I've said before on this podcast that like, that was such a multi-layered episode of failure because not only did I lose, I lost in front of my dad, my wife, my coach, my team, you know, and like got fucking smoked, not just lost, like got smoked. I just got humped for like minutes, man. And then there's the whole long, awkward drive home where uh, my wife kindly enough is saying, you know, like what, what did you really expect? Like you were seven weeks in, these guys have been doing it for years and yeah. you're against like fucking tanks, like just trying to say like, you'll, you'll get better, you'll keep doing it. You just got to pick yourself up. And like, I'm doing the, you know, like sad movie music, looking out the window at the cornfields on the way home from Woodstock. Just and then all like, of a sudden your reflection <laughs> looks back at you and it's like, don't worry about it. You did your best. You know, so there's, um, there's that. And when I, this past Saturday, I went to a jujitsu club in St. Thomas, Ontario. Because they have this, like, open mat thing. Anybody can go as long as you're on, like, Marcus Suarez's team. You can go there and train with them. And the biggest thing I was looking for there was the feeling that I got in that tournament. And I've only had once since when we did a gauntlet with one particular guy that was really fucking rowdy. <laughs> and you get this, like, butterfly. It's, yeah. like, from my gut into my chest. And I can feel the tingly in my fingers. Yeah. And it's just like that... Oh fuck! We're gonna go for it here. Like this guy's gonna try and murk me, you know. And um, yours was from literal physical combat. Mine was from having a phone conversation with somebody <laughs> I knew. <laughs> Jesus! I went to this place in uh, Woodstock and got the same thing. Now, it uh, the the good and bad of it is, or the up and down of it, I suppose, is the first guy that I rolled with. Um. Again, dude, again, like I forgot jujitsu. Yeah. And like I just fucking blanked. And I was on my back and like I couldn't get a frame out. I couldn't, I couldn't react. And it wasn't until like three or four minutes in, I was like, kind of like, okay, this guy's going ham here. I gotta like start moving. But the second guy I was like, all right, let's go. It was like, and every like reaction time fired quicker. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's better. But it was still like, I still rode away from that being like, Okay, now I kind of know where I stack up against dudes I don't know. And I can hold my own against X, Y, Z. But that first guy with me all the way home, I was like, fuck. It's just, you still get that, like, little micro dose of failure there, right? But then you swing it yeah. away from the physical and more toward, like, the general um, life kind of shit. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just the more general lifestyle stuff. Um I was going to say, while you were going through that, it, it, what I was picturing in my mind um, was you fighting like you were saying, but then it, almost, it switched right away to like any time we've watched UFC fights and then you're rooting for your guy 
And I'll never forget the Rashad Evans uh, Rampage Jackson fight. And I was and Rampage just looked like a shell of himself. Yeah. And it was like he forgot how to fight. You know, and yeah, yeah. I mean that. that I I know we've seen one sooner than that, more recent than that one. But Ronda that, Rousey, yeah, in my garage, and everybody was just silent. Well, yeah, and it's she just like got head kicked into oblivion. And and it's one of those things <laughs> that if you get clipped and you get your bell rung, and then your your CPU isn't firing properly. But that Rashad fight, and uh, like Rampage didn't do anything yeah you know and i didn't see him get clocked where it's like all of a sudden you know he scrambled his processor but you probably have a more you know like you you can connect with on that level now right where yeah. it's like yeah you can train forever yeah it can be like just you know riding a bike and then all of a sudden in the moment like things can change right you're on your back and you're like all right so what is like, this called again what what arm do i move and like it should I, and you forget to breathe jayu jitsu <laughs> yeah um Back toward like the the overall or overarching lifestyle thing, mm-hmm. the uh, I would say that I'm going through this currently. Mm-hmm. Um, way back, like maybe seven years ago, eight. Oh Christ, longer than that. Oh my God, that was like maybe nine years ago, <gasps> maybe even ten years ago. Oh, oh my, my God. God, a third of your life ago. <laughs> oh my God. Um, no, it wasn't that long. Fuck me. It might have been, though. Um, I moved to Thunder Bay to attend Lakehead University for the concurrent education program with a teachable in history. Mm-hmm. And I quit. And I moved back to Brantford. And I started doing distance education with Athabasca University. And for a completely separate reason, I quit. I applied for the Army. Army won't take me. The the IT thing is putting food on the plate, and I like tech. Mm-hmm. I do like tech. The service part starts to wane thin sometimes, and so maybe the uh, it's not so much like an event so much as it is like just a uh, assessment. Maybe not even an assessment. It's how can I say? I'm 31 years old, and you're supposed to, or maybe I'm surrounded by people who seem like they have figured out what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, one of the things I'm doing to combat that feeling is narrowing focus, right? And so, you know, like, I've said that I've hobby ADD, right? And I jump from this to that and the other thing. No, you? I'm selling everything that has been in my closet that I'm like, oh, I'll pick that up one day. I'll do this again one day. And like literally, man, I, I have narrowed my focus to basically video games when I can, writing, and jujitsu. That's it. And um, you know what my biggest, uh, I, I don't know if I told you this, my like big adult thing was uh, I sold a bunch of airsoft shit. Yeah. And I would, dude, I was going to buy a Native Instruments Tractor Control S4. I don't know what that is. It's this little. Sounds like a calculator. It's a little. uh, That's Texas Instruments. um, It's a little MIDI controller for like DJing and shit like that. And like I, like I researched the shit out of it. I was going to buy it and all this. Instead, I put it in my tax-free savings account. And fucking threw it all at this medical company out of the States. <laughs> but um, 
fuck, man. The DJ equipment would have been way more fun. You know, but it. Um, I guess the the thing is. Uh, I think I've said before on this podcast too. This sounds like a, a like dr- dramatically arrogant thing to say, mm-hmm. but I'm used to winning. Mm-hmm. I'm used to setting my sights on something and going and getting it. And I have, even though I um, I logically and reasonably have determined to, for example, leave Lakehead University stop courses at Athabasca. I have reasonably determined why I want to do that. It's not mm. because I can honestly sit here and tell you it's not because I'm lazy. It's not because I just don't want to. Like, I've determined. Mm-hmm. There's still that little thing in the back of my head that's like, ah, you quit that, eh, bitch? Yeah. You know, and it's like, further than that, I guess I'm, uh, I've said to uh, little Josh at Jiu-Jitsu, I said to him maybe like three or four months ago, I have like a weird, um, I have a fear of stopping jujitsu. You know, that, I don't know if that makes that sense. you're afraid that you're going to one yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's because it's like a pivotal part of what I'm doing and what is very much keeping me regulated. Mm-hmm. It's the same way that like I get this nervous feeling about maybe I'm not going to know what I want to do. And what does that look like? Because Mm -hmm. that's written into um, the script of adulthood, if you will, as failure. That's written in as, you know, like if if you're standing next to, fuck, a person like my wife, who is like, you know, little 11-year-old wife, he was like, I'm going to be a teacher. And now she's a fucking teacher, man. And she's doing it. And she's... You know, getting after it whenever. Mm-hmm. Or you stand beside somebody who's like, you know, I've always wanted to open a bakery or do this or do that. And it's like, I just can't. Yeah, I've never been able to identify with that. Because, like, I mean, I, I wish I could because I would say to you that it, I want to have X. It's like I want to I feel fulfilled, but that's too broad. And then that's the thing. It's like. I could be fulfilled by anything, big or small, grandiose or small scale. But at the same time, it's like I, I feel like I'm looking for a needle in a field full of haystacks. Yeah, it's like I... Everyone's looking for the needle, but I just wish my quantity of hay was smaller. And maybe that's what you're doing is getting rid of haystacks by, you know, selling off your old stuff. I wanted to ask you, though, because you're like you have a fear of quitting jujitsu. Did you, because it's a pivotal part of what you're doing right now. I don't know if that's the best way to articulate it, but that's how it feels. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Did you have that same feeling? Because I would say you identified as a biker when you were, were in the, like doing that in the background of other people's podcasts. <laughs> Did you feel that same way uh, leading up to or after you got rid of your bike? No. No. Uh, leading up to and during getting? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, not even like when I was in the thick of, you know, like say when I got rid of my small bike and got the real big bike, big eight hangers and shit, Mm -hmm. not even then because it was almost like I knew that I wasn't going to do this forever. Yeah. What about when you were in hour 28 out in the woods during the airsoft slash paintball reenacting da 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 where you're like in the woods in character and shit? No. What about... I wouldn't say you did music at the same level, but you did music. 
Yeah, no. It, because it's almost like I, I had known that they were, like, temporary things. And do you think it'll come to a point where you'll know that jujitsu is done for you? I don't think so. And maybe it's maybe the better way to say it is that, um, yeah, maybe the better way to say it is I'm not used to being so heavily anchored into something. Like, right. To have the hooks mm-hmm. so deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah. hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not even really sure where my brain goes with that. It's more just like a, uh, I need senseless shit to worry about. And so I'm like, yeah. well, I might as well worry about my brain like, a good job hurting my back and not me. being able to roll anymore. Like, <laughs> Mine's dumb. It's just like, you know, like I remember when there was a while where I, I literally said to you, I'm like, dude, don't mention Fukushima to me anymore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I need to, I need to be real with you. Just, just don't bring it up. If something really cool or interesting about it happens in the news, don't want to hear about it. Right. You know, cause that's, that's the shit that my brain worries about, you know? Like I remember I went to this uh, seminar in Oakville and I was saying to my coach that even like my parents were like, you're still doing jujitsu? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. You're still doing that. And um, I was just saying to my wife that it was the, it's been a year. First of all, you're like, wow, it's been a year. And second of all, yeah, I don't know. I think that's maybe all it is. Now that I'm actually like vocalizing it and kind of like picking it apart, mm-hmm. I think that's just senseless bullshit that I'm worrying about. Because you yeah. know how, like I've told you before too, that I'll just find stupid shit to worry about. Yeah. And it, it's not even that. Or you don't even find it. It finds you, right? And it's like once you kind of pick it apart, I suppose that's the therapeutic part of this podcast. I'm like, yeah. well, that doesn't make sense. And all of a sudden, that thought has fluttered there away from my brain. And now you're free. And fixed. Is there... <laughs> is, was, so when we were talking about the failure aspect, one thing that it, like floated into my head, because it's been happening recently, because uh, we're still chasing after our first chicken dinner on PUBG. <sighs> And we've been getting closer more regularly. Not any closer, but close more frequently. Yeah. You know, where our, our team usually ends up finishing in the top five teams, but never as the top team. Yeah. And we can snake four guys into the top ten <laughs> and only one into the top two, and we're always the last guy to die. Choke city. <laughs> and there's been times when, you know, it's just like, oh, shit, blah, 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 you know? And then there's been times when it's like the night is over. You know, and there was one time when uh, Curly and I were playing with Robbie and his cousin, and uh, Curly just—you know—when you just you just do the wrong thing. Yeah. Curly just did the wrong thing at the wrong time, and he died. And I've never heard Curly be so dejected before. <laughs> He's just like, man, I'm so mad at myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's funny how, like. Uh, it, it it's just it's funny how little tiny small things like that you, I get those I know I do I get those feelings for like when we're playing Rocket League online and I mess something up it, it's one of those things that I want I've always wanted to play more team sports right I always wanted to play because we play in a co-ed beer league rec softball <laughs> league right yeah yeah and it's hilarious that we have a lot of people who like individually are fairly good at playing softball it's just some nights they just don't try. Yeah. And then some nights you just can't put it together, right? You just, you know, balls go off gloves and stuff like that. But then everybody's like so melodramatically pissed off when we lose, right? 
And it's funny how like, and that's that seems to be an inherently sport thing, especially for me. I'm like the fattest guy on the field, and I'm still running out ground balls and diving in midair to make catches when they don't <laughs> matter because like that's just ingrained in my brain. You don't want to let the team down, right? Yeah. And I mean, I I really want to put Eddie into as much as I hate thinking about having to deal with other parents on a team just be the coach bro you get the you get the clipboard uh, yeah shut the fuck up sit down we're doing practice i just I, yeah i really <laughs> want him to have that because i i always really enjoyed that and i mean it sounds kind of silly but i get a familiar feel from that um from when we play team games online yeah because it's like if we were all playing ball hockey or we were all playing baseball or whatever you know the adult leagues around that you can play in um I imagine the dynamic between us would be very similar, even though the activity is different, right? And it just makes me scratch that itch for wanting to play those team sports again because, I mean, I think it is really helpful to to be the guy who screws up a routine grounder and then loses your team the game or misses a shot that you make 99 times out of 100. It just happened that the 100th time came at the worst time because I think... And I, I say that the definitely for myself, but you were saying you're used to winning. I'm used to winning too. And then it's like, well, because most of the time that I put win-loss on the, on the table as an option, I've very carefully calculated where the odds are always in my favor. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I, before I bet, I'm pretty sure I'm going to win. You know, and it's like part of that's lucky and part of that is you work, know, working hard. Work. And it's one of those things where it's like, have I done myself at least my brain a little bit of a disservice by not putting myself in a position to fail more frequently that it still feels like such a shit pile every time it happens. Now it's always going to feel shitty in the moment yeah. because it, it, obviously you didn't really fail, but it doesn't matter because it wasn't, that's like if I entered a poetry contest uh, like an hour before it ended on a whim and I didn't win, like I'm not actually going to be disappointed about that, but it's like, you work really hard for something, you expect a certain outcome, and then despite your best efforts, it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, that's that's something that I feel, I mean, you don't want to feel shitty all the time, but it's like, by avoiding that, you kind of get this coddled existence where... The bubble. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. small little insignificant things all of a sudden feel very, um, like a big affront to you, you know? The other thing I think, too, the more failure... Even the chance of failure, but the more times you fail, the little tiny like bullshit things that really don't matter, but it still stings. Like mm-hmm. that's that's enough that it stings. Yeah. It makes you better equipped to deal with and dismiss drama. Yeah, that's what I've found. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, and I think that's like anybody can sit here and just like rhyme off. You know, all the times you crit failed, mm-hmm. but I think the. The second part of the conversation is as valuable because I would say there's a good collection of people out there who might not have the uh, the requisite skills or experience to pull themselves back up yeah. and get back on the mat. So so how how do you deal with that then? So you're you've just arrived, you're the Gil Grissom at the crime scene and uh, you got to do an autopsy on the situation of a failure for you. So what does that look like for you? What do you do when you're <laughs> you're staring out the window on the car ride home? What's going through your head? It uh, depends. So usually this is the way it breaks down. Usually uh, 
I try to figure out whatever it is. I try to figure out if it was my fault or and not like the Jocko Willink version of my fault. Right. Like sometimes sometimes things are legitimately not your fault. Yeah. Other times there's a fraction of it that's your fault and mm-hmm. it's easier to assume yeah. the guilt. Right. And just be like you know, I fucked up this little part, which led to the failure. Yeah. So it's on me, and I can change that little piece. Yeah. You didn't get the out when the bases were loaded, but you didn't let the bases get loaded type thing. Yeah. yeah. Usually, I'm the type of person that requires um, the bending of somebody's ear. So that's when, like, I'll crazy check against you. Or uh, at my house, it all comes out at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. We eat at, like, the actual dinner table and that's the way I was brought up it's like a family meeting yeah. and you dump everything from your day and if you have something to say it gets set at the dinner table so that when it's all squared away we can all go on with the rest of the night ideally Yeah, you know so then usually I'll bounce it off of somebody and um, very typically and I hate how um, cliche this sounds but I get to work mm-hmm. like um, with things that are smaller and more and easier to attack. Right. Uh, I'm definitely like a uh, punch it in the nose kind of thing. Where like, um, here's a great example, dude. Uh, I ran a 10K last week. I ran from my house to the bench and back. Felt great. Mm -hmm. And I was trotting along, got home, and it's like getting dark out earlier, so I can't really tell what time it is. So I was going and going. I got home. And I was an hour and 20 minutes. So that's about 30, probably about 30 minutes slower than I regularly am. And I thought I was going. Mm -hmm. So then I was talking to my wife about it. And I was like, okay, I've intentionally gained a bit of weight. I've intentionally slowed down on cardio and stuff like that. So what the hell do I got to do to improve that time? Yeah. And I knew the answer already. It helps when I hear people say it to me. Yeah. So, well, you got to get out there and do some road work. So, went, went, went. Finally got my 5K back down to 25 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'm good again. You know, but when it comes to like the the higher, you know, like your uh, confrontation on the phone, uh, that's way different. Because mm-hmm. how do you, the only way that I'd be able to correct something like that or in my own life, let's say, you know, going at this, like, what do I want to do thing? Yeah. Um, you know what? Re- super recently, this sounds lame, but it's the truth. I've taken to just um, solitary thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't read. There's no music on, no screens. Um, it sounds really lame, dude, but, like, I'll make no. myself a tea and I'll sit. That's really lame. I'll sit, <laughs> that part's super lame. I'll sit down. And think and just do you stare at the mug no do you read the tea leaves bill no I have a lazy actually my grandpa's old lazy boy and it's like has the perfect it's already been grooved and so like you can just sit in there and I just recently it's been I guess like actively exploring my thoughts and trying to figure out it's almost like a wakeful meditation and I could kill a week doing that. You know, and I'm not like, I'm not sitting there like, um, 
feeling sorry for myself. No, just or doing this. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Just cataloging. Yeah, and I, I think the the older I've gotten, the less I've been able to physically attack and alter. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I remember when I was living across the street from the golf course and a big thing was spare cash. We have no spare cash. So um at that time, you want to talk about a different time. Like, that was maybe, what, eight, nine years ago, right? This is pre-major influx of smartphones and tablets. Yeah. So what I used to do is take old computers, Frankenstein them, and sell them. Mm-hmm. And we needed spare cash. More specifically, I needed spare cash to... Buy all the stuff that you're selling on Kijiji now? It's precisely. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and uh, so I used to sell these computers. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, now I need a little bit more cash. So I need to make this process more efficient. And it's just like I could attack it. I could go out and get more shitty computers. Then it got to the point where there's a local computer store. I called them up and said, hey, I have a flatbed worth of computers here, fixed, ready to go, ready to be sold. I'll sell them all to you bulk. Then I started doing that once a month. Then I was making my paycheck in cash per week. I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody's buying computers. You know, so it's like the older I've gotten, the more it's just been been about like mentally processing some of this stuff to be like, yeah. I I feel like in the vein of what you're describing there, I, I was saying this to Curly too. Is that the older I get, it's like when you're a kid, you can't wait to be an adult because like you don't have a bunch of adults telling you what to do and you can do whatever you want. Da 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 da, and. Which is kind of true. Not not in the simple <laughs> plan, like emo punk way of say, of saying this, but I've I've been trying to kind of do the similar thing that you're describing, trying to figure out like I really feel trapped by a lot of shit, you know? Yep. Because and I, I've said this example to you before. If I were to lose my job or my house burned down and everybody was okay, but or, or something catastrophic occurred that was reboundable, I'd adapt immediately and rebound from it. I'm very, very adaptable. But if it's something like, should I change careers? Should I, like my wife and I are looking at houses and it's like, it gives me that huh feeling where it's just like your hands start to get a little sweaty and it's because now I got to choose, right? Like if, if I was in an apartment and I intended to live in that apartment my entire life and then the landlord was a douchebag and sold the place and kicked me out, I'd adapt immediately. If I got downsized or, you know, um, they, I can't remember the word now, but you're expendable and they make you expendable, whatever the word I'm looking for. Yeah. I'd adapt immediately. But trying to make a choice is like you're, you're trapped by responsibilities, right? Because it's like, oh, I can't do anything that would uh, make my income jeopardized because I've got a mortgage to pay and I've got daycare to pay for. And then it's like, man, I really hope that, uh, you know, if I do move that, like there's nothing that we missed because like we can't afford to renovate a house and all these other things and i was saying to curly like it's really something that i think i'm kind of chewing on thinking about is how to stop feeling trapped by your current situation you know what i mean because i don't want to change anything and we've chewed on about chewed on this a ton of times on the podcast where it's like you feel like you need to constantly be moving and changing and evolving intentionally but I'm at a point right now where yeah, everything's good. Like, I don't need to change anything, but you feel, but you can't put a period on anything because it's like you don't want to say that this is as good as my life's ever going to be. You always have to be chasing something. But I don't have anything to chase, and I don't necessarily 
have anything that I'm excited to change. So it's funny that, not funny, but it's that those two things butting heads within my head is like, this can't be it. There's got to be something out there that's better than what I have going on, but then at the same time being afraid to change it. So I don't know, you feel kind of trapped, right? Because even though you do have the freedom to decide whatever the hell you want, there's that fear of making the wrong decision because making the wrong decision would be a failure, you know? So it's like... Well, the, the repercussions, right? Well, yeah. The, the you, waves are bigger now. If you're if you're dropping the pebble in the pond, the yeah. waves are bigger once you get older, right? Yeah, I, God, man. When I was in high school, I, th- I think I worked in pretty much every store in the mall <laughs> because it would be like, ah, I want to get my mom... My mom really likes Roots. I want to get her a hoodie for Christmas. It's November. I'll get a job at Roots and quit in January. Yeah. I need new jeans, so I got a job at Jean Machine for six months to take advantage <laughs> of the... I got asked to go to prom. I don't have a suit. I need a suit. I got a job at Tip Top Tailors, you know? (laughs) And and nowadays it's like, hmm, I want to be fulfilled. Where the fuck do they sell fulfillment, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's sort of been the thing that I've been doing that waking meditation on. And I do a lot of it when I'm walking Eddie around the block to put him to sleep. And then he falls asleep and then you're just like staring at trees and shit that you've looked at a million times and you start chewing on different concepts. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm feeling trapped by responsibility. How do you change that? You know, that's, that's where I started doing that autopsy on like, okay. Or do you? Yeah, I don't know. It, I, think, I think with anything, so if it's pre-making a decision or dealing with the aftermath of a poor decision or a poor outcome, the thing that I find works for me is it's almost like when you're trying to come up with ideas and you make like the little mind map they used to call it on paper yeah, yeah. just writing down all the parameters right now it's like okay um, mostly for me and most life decisions of course deal with finance in one way it deals with an income what are my responsibilities financially what are the bills that I must pay okay that's the minimum I gotta earn plus whatever I eat you know so just getting all the details out on a piece of paper or what I did after that phone call where I feel like I shit my pants for an hour. Because um, it's a little more intangible, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like your jujitsu match, you're like, oh, shit, I, you know, I passed guard when I shouldn't have. So when this guy does this thing and it looks like there's an opening. That's it, where I fucked up and next time I won't do that. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I was trying to do that autopsy with, after my, my call and it was just like, I just need to make my point better because it's not like I didn't practice the conversation a million times in my head yeah but it's I I find the thing with me and this is probably why we are cruising in 150 episodes of hour-long podcasts is that I'm too wordy I'm too verbose because I always want to give context to my my emails are always too long yeah my thoughts are always rambling and ranting because I say I blab out a thing but then I want to kind of give like the underpinning to it too so the one thing I tried to learn is to be more succinct in what I'm saying. Okay. But how do you make a, a short, powerful sentence that is self-explanatory? It's real tough to do, especially when you're put on the spot, right? Okay. So uh, to continue on about like how do you pick yourself up, mm-hmm. you've just basically said like, okay, here's a problem I had where I felt like I failed. And here's what I think needs to happen mm-hmm. for that not to happen so often. Because yeah. you can't, 
It's hard to say what was never going to happen again. Oh, I'm, it probably will. I get my it, ass kicked as long as I'm doing jujitsu. Yeah. So, how then, or how how do you think you would go about, or maybe said better, if I were explaining this to you, how would you tell me to go about uh, becoming more straightforward or less wordy or um, like you're not necessarily looking for um, aggression or to be assertive. No. You're looking literally to change the way you communicate to illustrate your point sooner. So in that way you don't, because that's the thing too. It's kind of like what we do on. It's less muddy. Yeah. There's just like. We do it on the podcast for each other when you, when you sense me or I sense you like getting lost in our thought or or you know trailing off or something where we will interject to keep the flow of conversation going and uh, there's a lot of times and he even uh, pointed it out when I was talking to him that that I was being very circular you know I was going around in circles saying things and it's because I couldn't get my feet underneath me verbally you know because I I had basically built the porch out too far from the house so now I needed to go back and underpin it more right so I think for myself, or if I was giving the advice to you, um, what I was saying to myself was just, I don't know, to try and practice it a little bit more in conversation. It's tough, though, because you don't want to have um, confrontation, not necessarily confrontational, but disagreements or argumentative conversations with people. Um, but at the same time, there's many times in a day where somebody cuts you off in a drive through or in the grocery store somebody oddly a lot of people stand way too close to you you know what i mean yeah so actually that was it was really funny a little while ago i went to i went to ottawa and uh the people that we stayed with mary lee's cousin and uh her husband we were going to a ramen shop and we waited out in front of this place for 45 goddamn minutes because there's six tables in this place so (laughs) we're next we're at the door we're a party of four plus a baby they're a party of six there's a table of six and a table of four. We're both going to get sat one after the other. But um, the one table was opening up sooner, and it didn't look like the other one was. So the dude behind us, very passive-aggressively, doesn't cut in front of the other dude, but stands... Because we're on the right, and the door opens from our left. And uh, the dude moves up and stands shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with our guy, but he's technically closer to the door because he's on the left. And no words were exchanged, but eye glances were exchanged. Mm-hmm. So when the one guy, and then when the lady came out and asked how many were in our party, the other guy answered first. So you know what he was trying to do. He was trying to cut in front of us, right? Yeah. Not that it really would have made a big difference, but... No, but you can squash that. That's a bit of an affront, right? Uh, more than a bit of an affront where I come from. And Choke that motherfucker out. And, here, <laughs> and here's my mental process. Well, whatever. They're going to sit down at that one table, and then 45 seconds later, the next table is going to open up. But that's an opportunity to practice that shit. And as I'm doing this in my head, because you can see it happening from a mile away, um, when the other guy went back to talk to his party, our guy just changed sides and leaned up against the wall. And then when the other guy went to stand up there, he just looked at him and maintained eye contact for like 15 uncomfortable seconds. Yeah. My skin is crawling. Yeah. And then they just kept looking at each other and our guy just goes, how you doing? And then like, good. And then they started just having like that terse, like how's the weather conversation with yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. But they both got was ha- and it was just like, <laughs> wow, that wasn't terrible. It was awkward as fuck. But that's an example where you can practice that shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it doesn't need. There's I, so, it sounds like 
You don't need to nuke. Like I'm always like afraid of using the nuclear option. Yeah, it know? doesn't have to be like that. Like it's like you need a sliver more confidence. I I described it to my wife. It's like I feel like I have two options in my tool belt. One's a red button and one's a white flag, and it's never worth using the red button. No. So I either don't do anything or I wave the white flag. I just need an iron club or something you know what i mean <laughs> just right in the middle <laughs> just a little bit of a melee weapon there i think like that's i think that's a perfect example man because that's something that you came back from that is actionable mm -hmm. and is difficult what's that phrase jocko always says uh it's simple not easy yeah it's simple not easy so that's that, a real i've never heard that before that's real good you know so the next time somebody's about to button line like literally, I, th I think what 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 stops it in most scenarios is acknowledgement. Yeah, just it's, saying something. It's right? not confrontation; it's acknowledgement. Yeah. Hey, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Stop doing. That. Are you guys in a big rush? See, and that's the thing. Rather than being like, uh, "Are you guys in a big rush or something?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, this guy. Look at this asshole." <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like there's never a need for my default in my brain thing. So I got to find a way to maybe instead of having a zero and 10, having like a five, six, seven option or something. Here's how you can practice it. Start going to the Tim Hortons on Garden Ave. Okay. Because <laughs> when you use the drive through at, at Garden Ave, whoever designed this. Okay. So the lineup for the drive through is intersected by this like oh, thoroughfare. Yes. Where people can like drive in to find a close parking spot. Yeah. So if I'm, in the drive-through, I have to stop right before this thoroughfare so that people can get through. But what'll happen is people will sneak in front of you, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, you're probably going to get in an accident one day if you try and do this all the time. But I'll like if I can yeah, sense people that, are just like, oh, that's a good idea. If I can sense that somebody's doing that, I'll sneak forward. And actually, my wife taught me this because she's like, instead of flipping the fuck out when you're on the road or anywhere. So, like in that example. And my wife's really good at it. <laughs> I've only seen her do it like once or twice. Um, she has step one and step two. Step one is uninterrupted eye contact and expressionless. Yeah. Just to, just to let you know I'm watching. Mm -hmm. I know what you're doing. And the second step is, and I've only seen her do it once, and she actually kicked the car after she did this. But she was like looking at this guy, and the guy was like, she was trying to go over the crosswalk, and this guy was like trying to edge her back onto the sidewalk and so she's like kind of bent down looking at him and then just had you know the difference between the mom finger and the teacher finger yeah and gave him the teacher finger and she's like if you point at somebody they'll stop doing whatever they're doing <laughs> all you got to do is point you gotta mean that she's point. like hey i know what you're doing that guy she ended up booting the car door and this is like when i first moved to newfoundland Jesus. and so like we'd been like you know air quote dating slash hey i totally want to live with you for like three weeks and she booted the car and i was like this bitch might be crazy <laughs> like, <laughs> you never know man no that's like that's actionable that's something that you know you can take and the best part about failure is you don't want to feel like that again yeah it's a it's a motivator to change the um, the outcome anyway, but it also could be a motivator to change the um, scenario as it's happening, right? I'll tell you what. This is how we're going to work on this. We're going to go fuck with Curly and try and make him feel bad. If at any point 
I am behaving in such a way that makes you feel like you want to say something, just say it. No, fuck. Bill? Just say it. No, I don't listen. like the way you're looking at me right listen, now. I'll be your safe place for this. Yeah, okay. okay? I, Until you space. piss me off. And then and you're going to be like, do I have to slap this motherfucker down? <laughs> I mean, what should I do? Then you're going to get to like, <laughs> yeah, come outside for a minute. And I'm just in like shorts and a t-shirt just for one minute. <laughs> I have zucchini bread. Give me my gi top. Here, put this on for a minute. <laughs> I'm going to choke you with your own shirt. I'm um, seriously though. I think that's like, if you found a couple people that like, if you could have that, listen, if you could have that on a, of a conversation, like on the internet, yes. you can talk to like your wife your family go and talk to a couple people like this is what you should do you should talk yeah. to a couple people and say listen here's something i'm struggling with be real this is what i'm struggling with i'd like to just be more i think it has maybe not to do with like honesty but there's also a, a part of honesty in there because if you feel that dude i'm gonna send you a link actually we might fucking end the podcast with this this link that i'm gonna send you sure fuck me man this is what you need to hear um Jordan Peterson has a four-minute like uh, monologue where he says uh, it's about climbing the dominance hierarchy. But what he's referring to is stop saying things that make you weak, and it has to do with speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. And like you know, because I know, and we've talked about this, that when you are truthful and just straightforward about it. A lot of people can't deal with that. Yeah. And so that's what makes us like pull back, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to be the guy who, you know, if you're thinking this guy's about to cut in front of us and I say something, he might fucking haul off and hit me. What if? Yeah, that's the thing. My brain always goes to that too. Well, I'm not going to tell that guy not to cut me off because he's probably got a chainsaw in his car. And then if I point at him, he's going to come cut my finger off and shove it in my ass. Like that's where my, you know, my brain is like, oh, that's the reasonable, like the reasonable reaction to that isn't just to not cut me off because, oh, I can't get away with it. It's, he's totally got a chainsaw on his car. Dude. Yakuda. I, th- I think, yeah. If you have a chainsaw on your car, Yakuda. Yakuda. Um, that's an actionable thing that you could work on, dude. Like, that's... Oh, man. I can just imagine, like... <laughs> you it's the line, talk, too, right? Why it's being a total fucking douchebag recently. Every time I do anything, he points <laughs> yeah, it yeah. out to me. Uh, I'm practicing, dude. You know, but it is. It's, it's one of those... Um, I'm sure I've done shit and said shit that you were thinking something that you wanted to say. Just oh, say dude, I'm probably, yeah, the same thing for me. That's the thing too, right? So my, my thought of that is, is that if, it, if it's small enough of an affront that it's, it's not worth like saying something and then have someone, because you don't control how other people interpret things. Correct. You control 50%. And that's the thing where it's like, dude, like, you know how you always do X, Y, Z? Like, man, like... You might say, Bill, you can't get ripped before we play fucking Rocket League because you suck. And then it would be like, <laughs> yeah, but then at the same time, it's like, it's that perfect example. So let's say we say that, right? Let's say we say that. And then it, or, I've, I've picked up little bits and bobs through our Discord, and I'm like, all right, I'll, or, I'll tone it down when we play. Oh, you know what the best one is? Here, I'll tell. I'll, I'm going to throw all my buddies under the bus right now. My favorite thing <clears throat> is when... Everybody leaves at about 1030 yeah. and then we have the whole crew get together at about 830 is right about 915 where we're right smack dab in the middle of our once a week. Everybody gets together. Let's play games together and just blow off some steam. Yeah. How about we all just can't pick a game? <laughs> How about yeah. we all? Hey, yeah, dude. And it's not like 
like you're not it's not like nobody's suggesting anything yeah I'm like hey how about left for dead 2 nah that's how about armor 3 nah that's one of those things that honestly grinds my fucking gears and i do <laughs> chirp the whole time because it drives me so crazy but that would be one of those things that if i made it a thing that's not worth making a thing about no and that's the but other I'm thing i'm totally right? gonna make a fuck but dude, <laughs> like maybe there are like i think that's your that's the quintessential example of feeling failure mm-hmm. and being able to create actionable goals out of it. Yeah. Is, you know, maybe you can wait for that thing. Not wait, but also kind of wait. Like, you can mentally prepare yourself, right? Yeah. Like, you can re- get ready to get up to bat. Mm-hmm. And then when it's your turn to metaphorically step up to the plate, like, the next time somebody is going to cut you off or, like, in line, and no matter who you're with, dude, I'm telling you, like, it's... Even if... Even if... You said something, the guy said, fuck you, I'm taking this spot. And then you back down, you'd, you'd still walk away being like, I got further than I did yeah, last time. Yeah, that's a good time. point. It's kind of funny how uh, our first five episodes... nobody's going to say that, by the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, It's the schoolyard bully, dude. He's trying to edge up and edge up. And if you, not even aggressively, but if you just like... I'll do it when I'm driving the Versa. Just acknowledged that... I see what you're doing. Yeah. Like, just so you know, like you know how lines work, right? Just blow kisses at him. That's probably... <laughs> I, our first five episodes, the theme was "Don't be a dick," and 150 episodes later, the theme is "Don't be a pussy." <laughs> We're really yeah. evolving. We're evolving as Pokemon here. <sighs> That's right. I'm not gonna end the thing with uh, fucking. You know Jordan what, Bill? Peterson. It really drives me nuts when you say you're gonna end the podcast with something. Fuck it, I'll go find it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Actionable task. Hold That's on hilarious. a second, Jordan Peterson. Not clean your room. What did I say? Uh, Climbing the stop dominance. Saying things. There you go. That make you weak. I I probably talked about it before, but you know what I got to say? I really like that Joe Rogan podcast where they had him and Brett Weinstein on it. Weinstein, Weinstein. Now now I can't remember which way to say it because Joe kept jumping back and forth. But these were two guys that, at least on the most part, seemed to agree with each other on a lot of things, and there were certain things that clearly they were on the same side as the same side of the field as each other but not necessarily on the same yard line on and they were able to have a conversation and uh, express similar yet varying opinions on things and nobody got mad oh you mean like adults and nobody raised their voice (laughs) and nobody spoke in all caps do you listen to like do you uh look for media from Jordan Peterson? Um, I need to more because I really like the way the guy talks. You know, like he's just... I might... Uh, I'll curate a bunch of sh- like shit for because I'm, I'm like obsessed. I actually pre-ordered his book that's coming out in December. It's like The 12 Rules for Life. I can't fucking wait. Anyways, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do live reaction to what he has to say here. Then we're just going to hard cut. Deal. And the, see, like the one right under this is stop saying things that make you weak. And the next one is Jordan Peterson. Don't be harmless. Love that guy. (laughs) Come on, Internet. You know what, Internet? We'll get there. Here we go. It really, your ineffectiveness has affected me in the following ways. Like intervention style. Oh, the fucking Internet. Here you go. I don't exactly know how these things were causally related. I guess it was because I was trying to figure out who I was and how that could be fixed. Something like that. That's pretty much what we're at. I pay very careful attention to what I was saying. 
I don't know if that happened voluntarily or involuntarily, but I could feel a sort of split developing in my psyche. And the split, and I've actually had students tell me the same thing that has happened to them after they've listened to some of the material that, that I've been describing to all of you. But I split into two, let's say. And one part was the, let's say, the old me that was talking a lot and that liked to argue and that liked ideas. And there was another part that was watching that part, like, just with its eyes open and neutrally judging. And the part that was neutrally judging was watching the part that was talking and going, that isn't your idea. Pause that for a second. You don't really believe. So I like that kind of resonates with me because I do find sometimes that like I do listen to myself talk you know and I'm sure you know this isn't necessarily unique but there are a lot of times do you ever f kind of feel like you're um, you, you know like when you get into a, a seat in the car of a relationship or the car of life or whatever you know where you have your role and then you feel like that it's kind of like when you're on the roller coaster and then the like the restraints yeah. like strap in and and then you can't undo them, you know? And I, I do feel that sometimes where it's like, there's certain um, friendships that I have or certain relationships that I have well, with, with people. <laughs> where you, you, you have changed or your way of thinking has changed or your way of acting has changed. However, when you're with that person or you're interacting with oh, yeah. that person, you have to act that way because maybe they haven't changed. And that's not to say that I've moved on to bigger and better things. It just means I'm not that guy anymore. Yeah, yeah. But when you're with that person, you have to act that way. And while you're acting that way unconsciously, it's like there's a little piece of you that's awake in your head and it's listening to everything you're saying and then reacting in real time to it. Kind of like he described there. Let me continue. Yes. Leave that. You don't really know what you're talking about. That isn't true. And I thought, hmm, that's really interesting. So now I've, and that was happening to like 95% of what I was saying. And so then I didn't really know what to do. I thought, okay, this is strange. So maybe I fragmented and that's just not a good thing at all. I mean, it wasn't like I was hearing voices or anything like that. I mean, it wasn't like that. It was, it was, well, people have multiple parts. So then I had a, this weird conundrum. It's like, well, which of those two things are me? Is it the part that's listening and saying, no, that's rubbish, that's a lie, that's, you're doing that to impress people, you're just trying to win the argument, you know? Was that me or was the part that was going about my normal verbal business me? And I didn't know, but I decided I would go with the critic. And then what I d tried to do, what I learned to do, I think, was to stop saying things that made me weak. And now that, I mean, I'm still trying to do that because I'm always feeling when I talk whether or not the words that I'm saying are either making me align or making me come apart. And I think the alignment, I really do think the alignment, is. is I think alignment is the right way of conceptualizing it because I think if you say things that are as true as you can say them, let's say, then they come up. They come out of the depths inside of you. Because we don't know where thoughts come from. We don't know how far down into your substructure the thoughts emerge. We don't know what processes of physiological alignment are necessary for you to speak from the core of your being. We don't understand any of that. We don't even conceptualize that. But I believe that you can feel that. And I learned some of that from reading Carl Rogers, by the way, who's a great clinician. 
Um, because he talked about. Anyways, I mean, then he, then he Jordan Peterson's on for another two minutes. Couple, that guy goes on tangents, but his economy of words is just fantastic. I'm gonna curate a little list of shit to send you, cause like, uh, without going too far into depth, cause we gotta pack this shit up so I can go for a run, because it's fucking quarter after nine already. What happened to today? What happened to September? No, wait. Well, let me. Yeah, I'm gonna bail on that joke. This. Um, Jordan Peterson has fundamentally changed my belief structures. Um, or maybe not Jordan Peterson, but maybe the way that he articulates things. Yeah, it's like he gives you, he gives you like little nuggets to chew on. Definitely. It, it, yeah, I like the way he talks. I really like it. Man, oh man. You know what's really funny? I'm going to do this so it's on air. Hmm. So, uh, here we go. I ordered your, remember when I said I ordered your Christmas present? Yeah. I'm bringing up my Amazon app right now. Mm. The internet here is very slow. <laughs> I ordered you that part. <laughs> oh, so we're gonna cancel that Amazon order. You know what, Bill? What? You remember that time when I ordered you a secret Christmas present and didn't tell you what it was? And you had gone into the past and ordered it for yourself anyway? Oh, fuck, man. <laughs> That's super funny. That's, That's really, really funny. funny. That's good, though. He's yeah, yeah. We're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, good pick. Hello, Internet. Goodbye.